So, Father, I thank you, God. I just, it blows me away to see how many people are in this room. It blows me away to see what you're doing on campus, that you brought an amazing, amazing man of God to be the football coach here, that you're working in multiple ways, that you're bringing people together for such a time as this. And God, so we pray right now for all my friends, whether they've been coming here all year, this is their first time, that you speak in a way that only you can, God. Holy Spirit, we know you're with us wherever we go, but we do say we give you that freedom. We give you that permission, not that you need it, to have your way. Speak and move in a way that only you can. I bless the worship band. I bless Brett, who's going to speak tonight, and I bless every single person that's here. You are not here by a coincidence or an accident. In Jesus' name. Yeah, guys, um, I just want to invite you tonight to give your heart to God. Just declare that He is good. He cares about the little things in your life, in my life, and He cares about the big things. So I just want to invite you to praise Him tonight and say, God, you are good and thank you.
Lord, 
sing when darkness when darkness seems to hide his face i rest i rest on his unchanging grace oh in every high and stormy bed my anchor my anchor holds within
by your side. I just want to invite you to sing this chorus one more time. And just say, Christ is enough. No matter the problem, no matter the difficulty you're going through, or if you're just happy, Christ is enough in every moment. So I just want to invite you to sing this.
down. <laughs> you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Sing it now, you're never gonna let. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Not one time, not one time. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. He's never going to let you down. No matter what the world might try to say, God will never let you down. He's for you, and he loves you. He believes in you. He's in you. And he's never going to let you down. People of this world, the enemy, expectations, they will let you down. But God's never going to let you down. I've learned that recently that you can put your faith in a lot of things, but the only person you should really put your faith in is Christ because he's the only one that's never going to leave you. And I don't say that to scare you, but it's true. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of instances where in my life I felt like I couldn't trust anybody. And therefore I thought that I couldn't trust God, but the truth is, I put my faith in people and relationships when I should have been putting my faith in God. 
And so I want us to sing that he's never going to let us down. I want to declare that over our lives. That no matter where we're going or what we're doing or where we've been, he's never going to let us down. Because he's a good father and he loves his children. So let's sing that part again. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. No, no, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. No, no, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down.
So there's a story, and uh, this little girl's in, like, third grade, and uh, this bully is, is bullying her. And one day, he said, this, this dude says to this, this little girl, you know, you're not smart, you're stupid. And, and as you would imagine, that would really affect someone. But this little girl, much smaller in size, looks him straight in the eye and says, you know what? No, I'm not, because I'm bold, brave, intelligent, and beautiful. And you want to know why? Because my father tells me that every single night. My father tells me that every single night, that you are bold, that you are beautiful, that you are brave, and you are intelligent. And guys, I just, I, I know we keep singing this song over and over, and, and Leah sent me this song last, yesterday, I must have listened to it 20 times, just getting wrecked by this, this statement that he is good, that he is good. That he will never let us down. And I feel like there's circumstances and situations in our lives right now. And I encourage you to close your eyes. Look at those situations in the eye. Pretend that that bully's in front of you. And let's just sing this one more time to our father. To our father, to the bully, to whatever that situation is. And most of all, to ourselves. That he is good. That he is good. And he's never going to let you down. You know why? Because you're his child. You're his kid. You're the apple of his eye. And a good father's always there. You are bold. You are beautiful. You are brave. And you are intelligent. And we know that because that's what our father says to us. You're never gonna learn. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna. that you're never going to lead us down. You're never going to leave us. 
Lord, I thank you for what you're going to continue to do tonight. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you. This is why we come here, God, because we can't get enough of your presence and your love. So continue to wreck our hearts, God. Now, Lord, I thank you for Brett. I just pray right now you just bless him. Thank you for what you've put on his heart to share tonight, God. And I just thank you that you are worthy and mighty of our praise. And we can't get enough of your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, thank you. You guys may have a seat, please. Ben, if you can turn on those lights. Man, love that song. <laughs> Listen to that all day. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys again for coming out. Um, we have a special treat tonight. One of our coaches and leaders, um, Brett, is going to be sharing tonight. And just kind of want to just give him a quick introduction. Um, man, so as you guys know, we have student leaders. It's a student-led ministry. Um, obviously, I'm not a student, and there's probably about eight to ten other uh, coaches. And basically, those are young adults to really be here as a mentor and as a friend, an older brother and older sister, to walk with our student leaders and to walk with you guys. And uh, so Brett is one of those guys. He's honestly been a right-hand man to me, um, along with him and Serena and Shiloh and, and some, of, some of Leah and some of them who have been with me from the beginning. Um, he's really helped make this ministry what it is today. Uh, he is such a servant's heart. He has such a passion. Um, so I think the Lord's going to blow the roof off the building tonight. Uh, so if you don't know this dude, uh, make sure you listen up because this dude has an amazing, amazing heart and passion. For the Lord. He's one of the most radical dudes I've ever met. So uh, without any more, I'd like to um, bring up Brett Jacob. Hello, guys. I am Brett Patrick Jacob. Uh, if you don't know me, Come find me. I would love to meet you. Gosh, you guys, I'm so silly right now. I'm sorry. That was just good, right? Right? Was that not good? Wow. You don't even need to say anything else, but as it is, I've, I have something on my heart, so I'd love to share it with you. Um, like you said, I'm Brett. I'm not from around here. I'm actually from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Detroit. <laughs> Go Wolverines. No, just kidding. Not here. Not here. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up Lutheran. Um, didn't really know the Lord. Uh, went through the motions. Did a lot of amazing churchy things. But guys, this, this ministry, this church, since coming here, I've been here for about a year now. And my heart is alive. I'll tell you what. My heart is alive. And that's, that is the true difference. Um, I love the state of Illinois. I love this city, this community. It's, it's been such a blessing to be here. I... I love it, guys. I just, I truly do. And <laughs> I love Ryan. Oh, my gosh. Guys, when he was up there, just in the middle of Green Street, just, Jesus loves you. You guys, when, it, when someone loves Jesus as much as this guy does, sometimes it just leaks. It just leaks. He doesn't have control, and that's the best way to live, man. The best way to live. Um, yeah, so as it is, I, I do have something on my heart, so I just want to pray real quick, if that's all right with you guys. Um, Oh, God, you know the people in this place. 
You know what's on their hearts. God, if you would have something to say to them, say it through me right now. Say it through me right now. Um, God, let this not be out of my head. Let this not be a performance, Lord. Let this be out of the intimacy that you and I have, that you and I share. I'm talking to you as much as I'm talking to everybody else, Lord, because you are the one who's good. And you are the one who we come here to gather around tonight. It ain't about me, Lord. It's about you. So we thank you, God, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, we've been going through the book of John, the gospel of John, one of my favorite books of the Bible. John, I love him because he just gets Jesus at a heart level. He just gets it, and I love it. Um, Starting in uh, chapter 7, so I'll give you a little bit of background for what's going on here. There's a feast going on in Jerusalem, and when there was a feast in Jerusalem, all the Jews from all over the place would trot their way down to Jerusalem, and they would all gather there and come and chill and have a feast. And this feast was the Feast of Tabernacles. It was, you know, it was an interesting feast. And Jesus at this time was actually avoiding Judea, especially Jerusalem, because there were these really religious guys who I'll talk about a little more, and they, uh, they did not like him. They were actually seeking to kill him, and everybody knew it. So he was avoiding them. Um, and during this feast, actually, Jesus' brothers, they go to him, and they're like, Jesus, why don't you come to the feast, make this grand, amazing entrance at the feast, come here and just walk in with the entourage and come and debate the Pharisees, the the Jewish leaders, come and debate them and just school them and prove to everybody that you are the king that everybody has been looking for, that that it's you, that it really is you. Because the truth is, guys, it says in John, they didn't even believe it themselves. They were like, they were his brothers, so they're kind of like, we know you, man, and this is weird that you would be the king of all kings. It's... So why don't you just prove it to us by coming in and kicking some butt, huh? And Jesus says, he's like, no. <laughs> that he's, he's not going to go that way. That's, that's just, that's not the way. So he says no. His brothers leave, and then he actually ends up going anyways, uh, but in secret. And so this is starting in verse 14 is where I'm going to start reading. So not until halfway through the feast did Jesus go up to the temple courts. The temple was, was their big their place of worship. There was only one of them. It's not like churches where we have a lot. There was one temple. And they went to the temple courts, and uh, Jesus went, and he began to teach. And this is significant because at the, the halfway point through the feast was when there would be the most people all in the same place. They would all be together. And so he came at the best time to get a hold of everybody, just get everybody's attention. And so in verse 15, he, uh, the Jews, they're watching him. And they're like, it says, the Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? How does he know all these things? He, he didn't go to school with us. It's like, some were, were just like, because everybody knew who the, who the Pharisees were. The Pharisees were like the top dogs of top dogs. They were the, the doctors, the professors, if you will. And everybody knew who they were. But nobody knew who Jesus was other than by reputation of he was trotting around the countryside, healing people, teaching people. And they're kind of like, how is this happening? And a lot of them were astonished. And then some of them were thinking, like, how can this guy who hasn't gone through our schools and gotten our certifications, who isn't one of us, know what he knows? Who does he think that he is? And 
they're kind of thinking themselves, like, this guy purposely chooses to hang out with fishermen, tax collectors who were, like, not cool back then, and prostitutes. And he spends time with them, and he purposely shuns us. Like, if this guy really knew God, if he really knew what he was talking about, he'd be coming, patting us on the back and saying, everybody look at these guys, because he's like the holiest guys around. And they'd be going to all the other people, the people that he does hang out with, and he'd be like, you're all sinners, and you should get better. That's what they're thinking. But Jesus has something to say about that. In verse uh, 16, he says, my teaching is not my own, which is interesting. He says, my teaching, it isn't actually mine. It comes from him who sent me. Now, oh, this is beautiful, guys. It kind of goes, reminisces back to you in John 5, 19, where he says, the son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the father doing. He speaks of this unity, this intimacy that he has with the father. And he, he says two things at the same time. He says, one, I am completely and utterly dependent on my Father in heaven. I can do nothing apart from him. And two, I have the boldness and the confidence to actually say that. To say that, you guys, this isn't my teaching. This is actually God's teaching. It's kind of a weird duality there. Like, it's not mine, but it's actually God's, so you should listen. <laughs> and I have to ask at this point, how could Jesus... Be so sure of his words and actions being from the Father. How could he know that? How could he be so sure? And you, you might say, well, brother, of course he's, he's God. Jesus is God. And I say, yeah, of course he is. But 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says that we have the mind of Christ. The verse is, uh, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the very mind of Christ. So what that says to me is that there's some line of thinking here that Jesus has that he's thinking in some way that I can actually understand because I have the mind of Christ and you have the mind of Christ. So it's worth asking ourselves, what was Jesus thinking? Because we can actually understand because the spirit is in us. Amen? So, again, I ask, how was he so sure? How was he so sure? Verse 17, if anyone chooses... That's an important word. Chooses to do God's will. God's will. God's will. That's another important word. He will find whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Now, this is interesting. I want to read the King James, what it says in there. And I'm sorry if I'm, I'm using my notes because I, I'm kind of like a woo, and I can get off the road and, like, find all these little treasures over here, over there. But I need to find one specific treasure, and I have about a half hour to do it. So this is my treasure map right here. <laughs> um, if anyone wills, it says in King James. This is how King James says the same verse. He says, if anyone wills to do God's will. If anyone wills to do God's will. You know what's important there? It's different forms of the same exact word. And that word is theleo. It's a Greek word. Bible's written in Greek. It's crazy. Greek. And it's, it came in English. That's crazy. Um, phileo. To desire so intently as to press on to action. It's deeper, guys. It's deeper than just our thoughts and our emotions. It actually shapes and changes our thoughts and emotions. It's what gives us our thoughts and emotions, that which is the desire of our heart. So deep and so powerful that it actually makes us move. Makes us take action. 
So, meaning essentially what Jesus is saying here. If the desire, so, so he says, if anyone chooses or wills to do God's will, what is that saying? He says, if the desire of your heart is aligned and attuned to God's, if your guys' will, the deepest desire of your heart, if it's the same as God's, if it is the same, then you will know whether my teaching is my own. You'll actually know that my teaching is from the Father. Oh, oh, that's deep. Oh, gosh. I got to settle down. <laughs> so why could Jesus be so sure? Why could he be so confident? Because he knew the why behind everything he did. He knew the, that deep down inside of him, him and God had the same heartbeat. And when you know that, when you know that your heartbeat is the same as God's, he asked the question, like, what will be impossible for you? Nothing. Nothing will be impossible for you. He expands even further. He goes into verse 18. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. I'm going to break this into two halves. So that's the first half. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Now that word honor there. It's a word that means reputation, renown, or glory. It is someone's reputation, the, what people know about him, and it's always positive. The honor is always like, yes, that guy is awesome, and this is why. It's his reputation, right? So if anyone, and so that's, that's the word, it's, it's doxa. He says, if a person is seeking to gain recognition belonging to himself, reputation, renown, or glory for himself, then what he says and does and the way that he does and says it will be from a different motive than God's and recognizable to those with a true heart as such. They'll know. The truth knows falseness. You guys ever been in a situation where you're like, you know, you know something's true in the deepest part of you and someone seems to be speaking the same thing but something, something in your note, you're just like, this doesn't smell right. It smells fishy. It smells false. Like, this guy's saying glory to God, but he's kind of saying, look at me, in the same breath. It's, it's weird. I've known people like that. The Pharisees were like that. So, so the second half of the verse, where he says, but he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. A man of truth. And there is nothing false about him. Man of truth. That's a good, ooh, that's a good word. But he, this is, this is what he's saying. He who knows the source of his life, the one who sent him, and the purpose of his will, the motivation, the, the will, guys, the choose word there, and brings him honor is a true one. So that word, ooh, sorry. That word there, truth, the word is aletheia in the Greek. It is the unveiled reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with the appearance and it speaks of God in, in the book of John and most other books. It always speaks of God. So to demonstrate what that means, it's kind of a mouthful, kind of a philosophical. I brought something. I brought an orange. So guys, take a look at this orange. It actually, you can't read it, but it says navel orange right on there. And if you look at it, it's not doing anything because it's an orange. But as best as an orange can do things, it's oranging, isn't it? It's being an orange. It's oranging all up in here. Now, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> so, the truth, the aletheia, the unveiled reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with this appearance of this orange is the juice. If I were to bite into this orange, if it's a true orange, it's going to be juicy like an orange. It's going to have orange juice in it. If I took a bite into it and it tasted like an apple, that would be weird. That would not be a true orange. So that is the difference between truth and falseness. And an interesting thing there as well. I'm going to put this back. The man of truth, he's referring to himself as well, Jesus, in this passage. He's referring to himself. And the thing about it, he also says in another passage, he says, I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We're focusing on truth. I am the truth, Jesus says. So, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I have ten minutes. Um, (laughs) He says, Truth, since it speaks of God, it also speaks to a similarity with God. When a man is a man of truth, he has a similarity with God. God says, you're like me. You are like me. Why did God tell us to call him Father? Because he wanted us to be like him. He wanted us to look like him. So I kind of need to go in super speed now. So the last verse we're going to, is verse 19. He says, has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. How? Because he knows, how does he know that? Because he knows their heart. He knows their heart. And in their heart, they're trying to kill him. So he actually, he just goes right out and says it. He says, why are you trying to kill me? I thought you were keepers of the law. You got murder in your hearts. That's not truth. That is not a heart of truth. Your will, your desires, the deepest desires of your heart are not aligned with God's. He says, your reputation is your true God, not my Father. You have never kept the law because the law is a matter of the heart as much as it is deed, action. If you really align your desire to my Father's desire, you would recognize me for who I am. I am the Son of God. That's what Jesus says. So this series is about miracles. It's called Why We Believe. So this miracle, the miracle that we have here, Jesus perfectly embodied the will of God. His heart and desire were one with God's. And he spoke and acted from that heart in the midst of lies. They were lying to him. Intimidation, they were trying to kill him. And threats, they openly said, we're going to stone you, dude. Eventually, to the point where he did give up his life. And uh, I'm sorry, that's a spoiler. That is a huge spoiler. Gosh, gosh, I'm sorry. Wow. I just blew that. (laughs) This is even more amazing, though. The even more amazing thing about this miracle. He calls us to do the same because he says, follow me. And Jesus never called us to do anything we can't do through him by his Holy Spirit. So let me tell you something, guys. I want to be that. I want to be that guy, the man of truth that he talks about. I want to think and walk instead with my Father, bringing them glory after glory, renown after renown. And I truly believe I can because Jesus paid the price in his death and resurrection, raised me to life by that. But first, I got to ask myself a question. I really do. And be truly honest and sincere with the answer. Whose glory am I working towards? 
Whose glory am I working towards? In my heart of hearts, in our heart of hearts, guys, you got to ask yourself this too. Are we asking, do we want to do God's will or are we asking for his help in fulfilling our desires apart from him? Do we say, God, bless me, help me do this because this is my, this is what I want to do. Do we get angry when things don't go according to that plan without that plan that we think was best, we came up with, without even realizing that we never asked him his opinion. We never asked him if this was good. Do we truly want to be the best athletes, students, or professionals in our respective arenas in order to glorify and demonstrate who he is? Or do we want people looking at us? Then when success comes, we include him in our thank you speech, along with mom and dad and our fourth grade social studies teacher. Honestly, honestly, let's do ourselves a favor. It's really easy to pay him lip service, guys. It's really easy. Oh, to God be the glory. But man, I am fly. Let's do ourselves a favor right now and be honest about these questions. Because there have been times in recent weeks where I have not been living for his glory. And I was living for my own in some way, shape, or form. My words and actions didn't always change. The outside Sometimes still look like an orange, but on the inside it kind of tasted like apple juice. My heart was different, and therefore so were my perceptions and motivations. And I want to tell you why this is beneficial for you. Because in, out of that heart, my emotions and my view of myself, it looks like this. Have you guys ever been in seasons like that? In, in times like that where you seem to be really stirred up? Maybe, maybe it's after you go to a live, and you're like, yeah, I'm really stirred up. And then Wednesday, you're like, I'm still stirred up. And then Thursday, it's kind of like, duh, life gets to me, man. We can go through life that way, navigate by our own steam, but it really sucks in comparison to living by his will. Because when it's all for him, his glory, and his kingdom, so people know not my name, not your name, but his name, I have peace. And it looks like this. It's a steady river. That's a metaphor. He says that for a reason. It's a steady river, guys. Our life can be that steady. Through whatever circumstances we're in, it can be that steady. And I know that's peace in my heart because I know at that point that there's no ulterior motive separating me from a position to receive all the grace he's longing to pour out on me to fulfill my calling. Grace is the thing that God used to shape us, draw us into him, and make us like him. That's what grace is. So, since I've, I've just confessed to you in recent weeks, that hasn't been my heart. I want to, I want to do something. I want to repent inside of all of you. Right now, right here. Repentance, what that means, it's a change of heart. Away from something that we don't want and that we regret and towards God. It happens inside between us and God. It's, an, it's, it's a matter of the heart, guys. So much of this is a matter of the heart. Repentance is a matter of the heart. So right now, I want to repent for not living out of a place of truth, of genuine desire for what he desires. I repent for living for my own glory and not his. And I turn toward a heart of truth, one that I, can, I have to fall in him for, guys. I have to rely on him to continue to form in me. And since we are a family... And that's a beautiful, beautiful gift. 
I want to ask you guys to do it with me. If this is calling to your heart, if, you, if, it's, if it really sounds in your heart like I haven't somewhere, sometime in recent weeks, or maybe my whole life, I haven't lived for God's glory. But I want to. I want to. I don't want people looking at me for my sake. I want people looking at me so I can say, my Father, my God, he is the only one that is good. Amen? So if you guys desire this, this is on your heart, I invite you in boldness and without shame to stand with me right now. If it's on your heart, only if it's on your heart. Don't stand because everyone else is standing, truly. If this is on your heart. And I want to pray a prayer of repentance with us, right? <sighs> Father, oh, I'm sorry, could, could I have the band come up? Thank you. <laughs> Father, in the past, maybe up till even this past week, God, I have not lived for your glory. I have not lived for you. I have lived for the glory of just me or for something else. God, right now I want to turn towards a heart that is of you. I want my heart to look like your heart. I want us to be in step, God, in sync by your grace. And God, I'm believing in faith. We are believing in faith as a family that we can do this by your grace, that you have made this, this is your desire for us. This was the intention in the first place. You said, I want people in my image who look like me. God, we turn and walk towards that. We step towards that, God, and we say we don't want anything else. We do not want anything else, but we only want your heart for your glory, for your kingdom. God, do this in us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, by Jesus' blood, amen. So guys, we have a call to action. We always have, have something for you to take with you. Because Christian life doesn't happen in here. It happens out there. Amen? So find a quiet place this week where you can spend 15 minutes just you and him, just you and him in an intimate place. Open your heart up to him. Say, God, I want your heart. I don't want this heart of stone. I want your heart of flesh beating inside of me. I want your will, God, your desires to be my desires. Say that to him in a quiet place and let him change your heart, shape your heart. You will be amazed at what happens. You'll be amazed at how long he's been waiting to just jump right into your life. So guys, the band's going to start to play a song. You can sit and you can meditate if you like. We're also going to have people in the back who want to agree with this with you. Guys, the reason we do ministry time, because Jesus says, if two or more are gathered in my name, in my name, I'm there. And what he says is, if two or more, what, what in my name means, it's like, as my representative, in my very heart and my spirit, if two people are there, 
then I am there also. And we just talked about what is one of the qualities of Jesus. He is truth. So guys, if you have gotten truth tonight, do you want it to become a part of you? Go back and see some wonderful, amazing people. They'd love to agree with you and make this thing your reality. Not just a thing that sounds good or something that stirs you up. Your reality that you walk in consistently with peace like a river. Lord, I live.
Because you reign, because you reign, yeah. Oh, let heaven come, let it come, let it fall, let it rain on earth. Oh, in your majesty, in your power.
Yeah, I just encourage you to declare this over your life right now. Declare this over your situations. Declare this over what Brett just spoke about. That you are a person of truth. And you know why you're a person of truth? Because the Prince of Peace, the person of truth, lives within you. They live with, he lives within you. He's with you wherever you go. So when you speak, he speaks. When you live, when you act, he lives. Guys, without love, truth is not truth. Truth comes from a place of love. Paul says you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can scream and shout. You can can be like a loud gong and cymbal. But without love, it's meaningless. It's nothing. So as we close tonight, remember the one who reigns over your lives. Just like we did before the message. Declare this over your life, guys. He's with you and he's in you. Jesus. situation, everything that we're going through in our lives, God, that we can talk to you and give you our hopes and our dreams and our fears, God, our mistakes. Father, we give it to you. And God, I just pray over my family right now, God, and yes, I call them family, God. This is just a ministry that meets on Tuesday nights or Sunday mornings, but this is a family. And God, I pray over them that they will know they are people of truth, and they're people of truth because you're the person of truth, and you live within each and every one of us, God. So, Father, I pray against any doubts right now that may be over my friends saying, oh, you're not this, or you're not that, or you don't know me. And, God, I just pray that you speak your truth and your promises over their lives right now, that you remind them that they are a son and a daughter, and you remind them that you're with them and in them. And, Jesus, you said yourself, all we need is a mustard seed size of faith. So if we have 1% of truth in us, that's truth, and that's you. So I bless my family. I bless my friends. And as always, I pray they look in the mirror at night. They see a glimpse of your eyes looking back through their eyes. And they know that they can change the world because you live within them. Thank you, Jesus, for always being there. For always having our back. For never giving up on us. Your love never fails. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, we thank you for coming out tonight. Um, Just want to give a shout out. There are cookies in the back. Uh, There are drinks. Um, There's uh, a live shirts if you want one. Um, 
just remember when you go throughout this week, this isn't just a Tuesday thing. You have family that's here for you. So have a great night. Um, be blessed. Know that God loves you and hope to see you next week. Thanks for coming out.